Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, 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 what is up, Rush Nation? We're back. It's Wednesday, I think. This week has got way out of hand. It's me and Murph, big man, how you doing? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm, uh, my voice has uh, gone a little bit today with... Had quite a busy day of work with calls, and uh, as mentioned on yesterday's podcast, have not been 100%. So I actually, although feel better, sound worse, <laughs> which is quite a funny, uh, funny scenario. So there might not be as many hot takes out of my uh, li- my lips today, but you know, uh, as, as Bill Belichick always says, no, no days off. We're no days off. Yeah, I can get on board with that. Yeah, well, I appreciate you turning up considering you've been on the phone all day and, you know, this is a audio platform. So if you've got no voice, yes. then eh. yeah, I've got, I've got a little bit. I've been on the phone today to India, the UAE, the Ukraine, Germany, France. There's another one. <laughs> uh, Austria. Oh. Do you, ever, do you have any other home phone calls like uh, England? No. So it's in my day job, uh, UK isn't my territory, ironically. So, uh, just no. the rest of the world is. <laughs> no, it's I have um, I have good chunks of EMEA, and then um, whatever's like kind of rest of the world is kind of fair game. So it's just kind of like just as it comes. So yeah, I happen to pick up 
uh, the India and, and UAE projects that we're looking to do. So, yeah. We'll do you see. think? Uh, do you think anybody that you've spoke to on the phone realizes it's you from Five Yard Rush and thinks hey, it, they spend the whole phone call thinking, "Is that Murph from Five Yard Rush?" Absolutely not. <laughs> as much as yeah, I, I I agree. Maybe the German lads, as we get more and more into it, might might go for it. And uh, well, yeah. I, I tell you what, Murph, when you finally do come across somebody on the phone who realizes where you are and uh, they say that they're going to give us a little five-star review, it would be great if, Rush Nation, you could also get behind Murph's phone call friends and leave us some reviews because we do need your help. So, yeah, if you could drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcast, we would very much appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. We we really need them. We've been boosting up in the rankings. We're sort of hovering inside the top. 100 most uh, played football podcasts in the UK. And that's not just American football, as I've said before, it's um, uh, soccer as well. So it's all football. So um, really appreciate all the love that we get and all the sharing. And um, yeah, just those, those reviews really like, I know you hear them on podcasts and people beg for them. It's all to do with Google's algorithm and um, Google's it's because I spend all day talking about Google, uh, <laughs> Apple's algorithm. So please, if you are listening to this on an Apple device and if you're not and your wife has an Apple device, just steal her phone for five minutes and write a review. Um, Pitsy did it legend that he is. And we're going to run some more competitions with reviews. Um, and nobody ironically still, nobody has written us a five star review to ask me absolutely anything, which is hilarious. It must show how boring I really am. I disagree with that statement 100%. But yeah, <laughs> reviews are needed, Rush Nation. So please, please, please get behind your favorite UK NFL fantasy podcast. If we are indeed your favorite UK NFL fantasy podcast, and leave us a little five star review and let us know just how much you love us because it would help us reach more people and increase Rush Nation. Talking to giveaways, Murph. Do you remember last Christmas we did the Christmas Day special? Oh, send day ho ho ho. Who could yep. get that? ingeniously unique hashtag yeah so that one came to me almost instantaneously when we decided to do a christmas day special rush nation we're doing another one christmas day 2.0 is gonna happen and yet the hashtag is yet to come to me but it's not going to be quite as easy to find as this year's past people just sort of scan through and wait for me and murph to talk but this time it might be a guest it might be me and murph Mm. it might be 34 seconds after the end of the podcast who knows so you're going to have to listen to all 100% on Christmas Day or Boxing Day in order to get in with this giveaway. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great giveaway. It's of similar ilk to last year's. So, in fact, we might even do a second prize, seeing how we feel, um, just to get people involved and in the spirit. So, yeah, it, you know, we've picked up a lot of listeners through the years. Um with just our off-season interviews with some of the great guests we've had. Uh, we've picked up some through the fantasy community we picked up. So we really just want people to interact and find us. And if you're finding us on the back of yesterday's podcast, welcome. Glad to have you after uh, our interview yesterday. And yeah, we're just you know really glad that you're on board and helping us grow and becoming uh, the little podcast that could. <laughs> we're talking of the of, of recent listeners and, and getting involved nick owen new staff writer he's not been listening too long he he fired over an article about dfs and lo and behold there it is on the website and it was an absolute banger if you fancy doing the same rush nation please do get in contact because 
you know, we're not after Shakespeare. We're just after someone with passion for fantasy football. So if you think you've got what it takes, get in contact at Five Yard Rush on Twitter. Let us know what you're thinking about writing about and, and we can go from there. But we are looking for more and more people to write for us because the more content we can get out, the better it is. So, yeah, just on that point as well, because we get people that inquire and then they say, well, what do you want written? And we're not of the people that will kind of restrict what people write. We don't want to duplicate what we do, right? So the tasks that kind of the things that we've got going on at the moment are things like start sits, waivers. I mean, that will all end in a week or two anyway. Um, but, you know, we're just looking for people who want to write and write about fantasy football, you know, so I'm not going to, and you're not going to give a brief. It's just a case of what are you going to add to five yard rush as a platform? And what do you want to write about? Nick was, you know, he, he was going to write about something else. And then he said, Oh, well, I realized you guys don't do DFS. So I'll write about that. And I was like, great we don't do dfs so that's perfect i know very little about it you don't know tons about it i mean we could muddle through and pretend like we're experts because it's just fancy football and it's about picking players on a sunday right it's just once a week but ultimately he, he he's played for quite a while and he's passionate about it so i'd rather someone who's got more passion and does it every week than, than you and me do it so and there's plenty of gaps there's plenty of things we've got an off season we've got a draft coming up we, you know anyone since college ball you know hits up so many things you could write about we're not going to tell you what we're looking for. We just want you to come up with the ideas because it'll be you that will be coming up the week with the ideas week on week, month on month. And, you know, the great thing about what we do is there's, you know, Ash is a great example of someone who was doing podcasts until a couple of weeks ago when his work schedule came out. And that's just because, you know, he was filling content and then it was like, well, okay, what, how can we expand this into, you know, we want to put out more content. We want to put out more podcasts and, you and me have young children. It's difficult for us to do five days a week. We're kind of churning it out at the moment because of the end of the season. But in the in the off season, you know, if, if people want to think about, oh, I really like to try a podcast and your content's good and the opportunity arises and you can pitch something to us that we think, yeah, let's roll with that, then uh, it could happen. 100%. I mean, you know, you do need dulcet tones like Murph and I do have. And we know you all appreciate it. But yeah, 100%. If you, if you fancy getting involved, just let us know and, and we can come up with a way of, of how to get you involved if your content's good. So, But that's enough about Five Yard Murph. People don't care about our fantasy teams, which we haven't mentioned and probably won't. But how about we do some news? Let's do it. There's um, a bit of breaking news that came out that's just shocked me about the last 20 minutes or so is that Josh Jacobs is expected to play on Sunday, which... Um, has really taken me by surprise because yeah, I was I was fairly sure he had a broken shoulder. Yeah, well, fractured, fractured shoulder. Now I've fractured my shoulder. Um, I can tell you now that's it's pretty painful. It takes a long time to recover from it. So he's gone from being fractured shoulder to missing a game to potentially being out for the year to he's going to roll out on Sunday when the Raiders are going to be eliminated from the playoffs on Sunday, pretty much. Mm. So. Very strange, um, risky move for your for your running back, especially rookie running back as well. Yeah, I mean they did this with James Conner. They rolled him out when he wasn't one hundred percent fit. This was Pittsburgh, and all of a sudden they, um, you know, he got injured again. And we've not seen James Conner since. He might be back this week, but okay, it's not affected Pittsburgh the way it could have done. But I just don't get it when your season doesn't have much on the line, and then they, you know, skipping the news items a little bit. They just signed uh, Rod Smith and released three defensive players on on Tuesday on Monday. So really mixed messages of what's going on with this front office as to what they're thinking and what they're doing. I, I'm a bit of a loss, really. I think if they if if they won on Sunday, 
then I kind of get it, but they've lost three straight. I don't get it personally. Yeah, it does seem very peculiar, especially when you've got first round draft capital as well, when you want to protect him from from any possible injury and the fact that he may have had a fractured or shoulder or whatever, it just seems a bit unnecessary to roll him out when Washington stood in as, as serviceable when he last weekend. And unless you, if you were in the playoff race, then yeah, maybe, but they're not going to get there, are they? Let's, let's be honest. And, it seems a risk too big to take for me. Yeah, I agree. I, having said that, you know, we just, I just got us a load of DeAndre Washington over the weekend and, um, or for waivers this week. And I would say just don't drop him just yet because I don't know how this is going to play out through the week. Maybe someone has a, a change of heart on Jacobs. Maybe Jacobs gets injured. I'd still hold on to Washington. He's proved to be a very capable um, handcuff at worst and someone who you might find gets game time in week 16 when the Raiders are officially eliminated so if you've got space and you picked him up I wouldn't drop him just yet just because of this news mm-hmm, 100% Troy Aikman says he'd be interested in taking on a role as general manager and moving on from his role as a commentator but it wouldn't be with the Cowboys well then yeah, of course not because Jerry Jones is the general manager of the Cowboys yeah you're not going to yeah. replace the owner Unless, oh man it's hard to see him going anywhere else, isn't it? Not really. Well, I mean, because okay. of cowboy through and through. But do you think with Jerry Jones getting older and just becoming maybe becoming just the owner and not the general manager anymore, Troy Aikman steps in there in a few years' time? No, because Stephen Jones will be there. That's true. It's a family business. If it, I don't, I don't get it. And I mean, we saw the the Cowboys all or nothing, right? We know how that operation runs. They run a very tight ship. It's very much the family are involved. <clears throat> I do not see a path for an external general manager anytime soon. As for Aikman, I don't know how I feel about him being a general manager after all these years in the booth. I, he's a very prickly and divisive character. There's no doubting his playing credentials, but we've seen this with John Elway, that just because you were a great quarterback doesn't necessarily make you a necessarily great general manager and I don't know I he'd be a risky hire for me I think there's others that I can see more potential in general managers than than Troy Aikman someone like Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL Network for example is someone who I would immediately appoint over someone like Troy Aikman mm. just as an example so good he wants to throw his hat in the ring maybe he's bored of commentating and I don't know but it seems to be this trend, isn't it? You get these people that commentate for several years. With John Gruden, he had enough and went back to coaching. You had Bruce Arians. He did it for a year and decided he didn't want to do it anymore. Um, who, who's next? I mean, even someone like Tony Romo, if he gets bored after a couple of years, who would you rather have as a general manager, Troy Higman or Tony Romo? No, Tony. That's what I mean. Like It's, it's just a case of... I, 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 I'm not disputing how good of a quarterback Troy Aikman was. I'm not disputing what a credit is he is to the NFL. Um, I just think there's better people suited as a general manager than, than Troy Aikman, but good for him for setting his stall out and what he wants to do. 100%. The NFL is increasing the salary cap. So it's informed clubs yesterday that it's projecting the 2020 salary cap to again increase, this time into the range of 196.8 million to 201.2 million. I think it's currently at what, 170 something? Uh, 184. Four. It's either 180, 480. That's going to, 
somewhere in the range of 10 to 12 million, something like that. Yeah, it, I wait to that, it's about an 8% increase, around a give or take. Nice. A decent amount of money. But then 188.2 million. Right. I must have been thinking of the year before was 174 or something around yeah, there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, I mean, the salary cap, I mean, this will be the last time it increases before the next um, CBA. So it'd be interesting to see what the new CBA does in line with this and at the rate it increases. Because I, I don't know if you remember this from 10 years ago when they they do the CBA every 10 years. Um, and actually when they released the last CBA, the cap, they had a year where basically there was no cap. Um, so people would just go ham. And then the year after, they basically bought the cap. It, it accelerated at such a rate that they actually plateaued it. And they actually went down before it went back up again. And um, it'd be interesting to see what they do this time around as to whether they move more into player pensions, um, player security, player injury funds, rookies. I don't know. I mean, there's so much still in the air to be agreed with the CBA. So it'd be interesting to see if, if it, let's say it ends up in between those two figures and say it goes to 198, 199 million, what it would be in 2021. Will it, go north of 200 million or would it actually go south from 199 and then what they do especially as, as money from like DraftKings and gambling starts to influence and weed its way into um nfl income streams and etc yeah i hadn't thought about the, the gambling stream entering the monetary situation that would be an interesting spin on it yeah because it's very different to how it is in the premier league so the premier league doesn't make any any money from from gambling at all um gambling is a very separate market and the gaming companies basically make pure profit off of the product of the Premier League. Mm. Um, there is talks of maybe legislation coming in to where um, a tax comes in in the region of, say, 8 to 12% uh, of income is then generated back into the Premier League or um, the relevant football league markets so that you know the game can grow. In the NFL, um, any gambling projects and things like DraftKings sponsors, um, money will be funneled into the NFL and will drip down to the players because it's player image rights, contracts and things like that. So it's just, you can't give the money direct to the players. So it has to kind of feed through the funnel of the NFL for remuneration purposes. So um, yeah, it will definitely add income and especially as gambling isn't legal in all 50 States. It's something that is being legalized sort of state by state. Um, especially after what happened with um, online poker, online poker basically killed the gambling market in the U S because there was some people that Phil Ivey, the poker player was part of a scheme where people, they were taking money out of people's um, gambling accounts uh, to pay winnings. Um, and then that was deemed a sort of a fraudulent act. And then for, they kind of had this blanket ban on no gambling in, in the U S states, except for places like, uh, Nevada, so Las Vegas, and um, Atlantic City in New Jersey. And they were kind of like the two designated quote-unquote gambling zones. And then that's why you got all these gambling ships, although they've been around for years. So you can go out into international waters and gamble. And you had a couple of books, but that's why everyone reverts to the Las Vegas. If you hear about the Las Vegas betting lines and um, the Vegas book, it's because they were the only ones that remain legal through all of this. Um, a bit of a history lesson for everyone here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there was me saying I wasn't going to go off on any tangents or hot takes. Um, so yeah, so it'd be interesting to see how it all funnels in. I find all of that sort of business 
side of things really really interesting as you can probably tell so yeah it'd be interesting to see what they do in the next cba in a year or so yeah that sure will talking of business decisions hours after being ruled out of week 14 new york jets star running back lev bell was spotted at a local bowling alley on saturday night adam gase told reporters tuesday that he's not going to be disciplined considering that the nfl is a business if my star running back was out on a bowling alley after being off sick i'd be pretty peeved i would have been then i heard that he bowled a 251 and i'd be recruiting him to my local bowling team instead yeah, I mean, he bowled, he bowled a 251 that's impressive that's yeah. probably the most impressive thing left bell has done all season yeah, no doubt 251 i mean that's great Okay. You couldn't be mad, you'd be impressed. Fair enough. Lev Bell, you've been given the green light. Welcome back this week <laughs> against a Baltimore defence that I mean, will be gnarly. I mean, if he bowled 98 with bumpers up, yeah, you probably would have to discipline him, but 251, <laughs> you'd probably have to dog your cap. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Let's talk about something a little bit more sp- serious. Almost said spurious there because it's Spygate 2.0. So the New England Patriots coach Bill Belichick reiterated on Tuesday morning that he had absolutely no knowledge of a production crew filming the Cincinnati Bengals sideline during Sunday's game against the Browns. Bengals coach Zach Taylor said Monday that the NFL is investigating if the Patriots had a videographer film their side during Sunday's game in Cleveland. New England released a statement on the matter later on after that. I just don't know what's going on here, Murph. I, do you know what? I almost didn't put this in. Is it a thing or is it not a thing that somebody's trying to make a thing? I'm already bored of it. I think if this was any other team, it probably wouldn't be uh, a thing. I think the fact of, from my understanding, it's a independent crew that's been hired on behalf of the craft um, side of things. So not the playing team or anything to do with Bill Belichick but actually more the um, operations team and and not part of the footballing side uh, doing a documentary series and they outsourced the um, taping and they filmed stuff they shouldn't have filmed um, listen I, I don't think the Patriots are stupid enough to ha- do something that they've already been caught for I'm not saying that they're the whitest of white organizations. I'm not even going to say that they're beyond cheating. I'm just going to say that it's pretty stupid to be caught doing the same thing you've already been caught doing once before. Um, And I think that I would give them the benefit of the doubt here um, and say that it was purely an accident or I don't know what they did. I mean, if you're going to cheat, right, the, the one in 12 Bengals, of all the teams that you are going to take calls from. <laughs> like That's what I mean. If this is the Baltimore Ravens, I would look at this and think this is maybe more of a thing. The 1-12 and Bengals, like, are we really thinking that the Patriots need to cheat against the 1-12 and Bengals to beat them? No. <laughs> right. As bad as they are on offense right now, I, yeah, I just don't, I don't think this is a thing. I just think it's a funny story. Uh, everyone wants to cover it. If this was any other team, it wouldn't be news. But you know, you know, it is what it is. I like I said, I almost didn't put it in because I'm almost a, a little bit tired of hearing about it. But you know, it, it will all come out in the wash, and if they're guilty, they'll get the appropriate sanctions and and fines. But I don't think they will. No, one hundred percent. Talking of a team that's struggling on offense, the Eagles' wide receiver group is plagued with injuries. I 
couldn't believe it when I said they were getting Josh McCowan ready to fill in as wide receiver when they went down to one wide out in Monday night's game against the Giants. Can you just imagine Josh McCowan lining up in wide receiver position because they got no one else? Him and the water boy, like, throw him a jersey, get him on. <laughs> I'm I'm more surprised that they didn't do this. What what else is Josh McCowan doing on the payroll? I mean he's not handing fans peanuts in the crowd or anything. So what what legitimately is, is Josh McCowan doing to earn a paycheck? Why not throw him out of wide receiver? If nothing else, he's just gonna run some decoy routes. Best case scenario, he catches you a few balls. I mean, like, it's not like you had anyone else to throw to. I think they should. I think they should deploy him as, as a wide receiver. Like, I think all these, you know, you end up having all these guys on the bench. Put them out there. What's the worst that can happen? Don't make them earn their cheddar. <laughs> I mean, listen, they were playing the New York Giants. I'd fancy to go out there wide receiver against some of the coverage that, that they had out there. Like, it was horrific. Um, by the way, about that game on Monday night, that's the worst second half performance of any team I've ever seen when the Giants were, were up 17 to three, you know, I, I've seen teams capitulate. I've, uh, you know, I'm a Buccaneers fan. I've seen, I've seen us lose games that I never thought I would ever see a team lose, but let me read you their second half stats in terms of each drive. Oh no, so, please don't. <laughs> I have to. So this, these are the drives, right? Three plays, minus 10 yards, punt. Four plays, 17 yards, punt. Three plays, five yards, punt. Four plays, 16 yards, punt. Three plays, minus five yards, punt. Three plays, seven yards, punt. One play, minus one yard, end of regulation. 21 <laughs> plays, 29 yards, two first downs. And what was worse was they let the Eagles run the time down. Um, so they ran the clock down, so they only had the one play on that last drive. And they only needed a field goal to win. It just is like, what are you, what are you doing as an incompetent organization? You, you got Eli Manning out there. Who, anyone who thinks that he is capable of playing another game in the NFL is beyond me. I get a good half, don't get me wrong, but he can't throw a football anymore. He's, he's done. He's absolutely finished. And I just, I watched that game and I couldn't believe how bad it was. Like it just, Giants fans, you have my sympathies because if I had to watch that every week, I'd, I'd probably stop watching NFL. It was horrific. Oh, that is scathing. Absolutely scathing. Well, talking of the Giants, despite a 2-11 record, Pat Shermer believes he'll continue to coach the Giants for the rest of the 2019 season. I mean, that yeah. should go in Matt, Nova, Matt Nagy's obvious corner. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to sack a coach with three games to go, are you? Why? Not when he's got nothing to do. No. Uh, yeah. Matt Nagy's got a little clip on this week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Freddie Kitchens, Baker has said, Baker knows not to discuss OBJ's injury. Baker Mayfield criticised the Browns training staff for its handling of Beckham's injury this week. Then he apologised. Freddie Kitchens said he'd just prefer his players to not talk about their teammates' injuries at all. This one is news to me, Murph. I hadn't heard about this. Yes, Baker Mayfield came out in the post-match conference. I don't know what this guy's problem is because every week he just has a tendency to just say something that just rubs his organization up the wrong way. Um, so basically he came out and said that uh, Odell Beckham's been dealing with this injury. It was badly handled um, in preseason. And that's the reason he's not hundred percent fit now. I think it's something to do with a hernia and it's, listen, you're the franchise, you're the face of the franchise. When you are drafted number one overall and you're the quarterback, you are the face of the franchise. And therefore everything that you say, do whatever, He's front and center. It's headline news. Now, in your rookie season, you'll make some comments. You'll make some mistakes. He certainly said that. And um, 
you know, he, he questioned people for holding out when it was their money and everything like that. You can't be talking about second year, end of second year, about the coaching staff and, and the training staff and criticizing people. It's just, it looks bad. It looks like there's no leadership. The, the Browns are right up there, if not the most penalized team in the league, one of them. You've got pictures of OPJ on the weekend, not in the team huddle when they're on the field. Um, it just looks like a, a huge dysfunction and it, I don't know how to really describe it. It just seems to be there's no leadership, there's no accountability, and there's nobody pulling Baker Mayfield aside saying, listen, you, you've been warned about this, you cannot talk about this sort of stuff. There's nobody coaching him or advising him. You know, What's the point of admonishing him afterwards? He knows not to discuss the injury. Well, clearly he doesn't. Otherwise, he wouldn't do it. So who's who's the coach and who's the player here? It seems like Fred Baker Mayfield can do what he wants, and Freddie Kitchens is like, oh well, we told him not to do that, but oh well, we'll see him out on the field on Sunday. Like it's just ridiculous. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be any authority whatsoever, does there? No, absolutely not. Yeah, it's it's not a good situation at the Browns right now. I don't think. Talking about no. not a good situation, Brett Mayer can't be a good situation in his household. Just before Christmas, the Dallas Cowboys have parted ways with kicker Brett Mayer on Monday. The team has announced in a corresponding move they have signed veteran kicker Kai Forbath, recently released from the Patriots, joins the Dallas Cowboys. Could be for one game, like the Patriots. Could be for the rest of the season. Who knows with Kai? I mean, who knows with Kai? Right? He's Kai's Kai. Kai's Kai. <laughs> uh, if you if you listen to the around the NFL podcast, Kai is Kai. Yeah, the Kai boy. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I've got a stat on Brett Maher in the street section later on. Nice. Well, we'll save it for then. Moving on, Chiefs equipment. I saw this, right? I was watching Red Zone, and all of a sudden they've shot down the tunnel, and then there's about 35 guys running down the corridor with Kansas City Chiefs holdles over their shoulders and a golf buggy piled to the ceiling as the Kansas City equipment arrived in time for the Patriots game only just, I think it was two hours before, the Chiefs equipment... Yeah, the Chiefs equipment, sorry, mistakenly routed, 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 I don't know which language I'm speaking now. I'll start again. The Chiefs equipment mistakenly routed to New Jersey has arrived in time for the game against the Patriots. Normally, I think they were saying on the on the broadcast, it arrives like eight, six to eight hours beforehand. And this yeah. was less than two hours before. So the Chiefs arrived, no package or anything, and were just sat there waiting around. Oh, yeah. And do you know if it what would have happened if it hadn't turned up? Please said they would have had to borrow stuff. At worst, they'd have to forfeit the game. Oh, that's horrendous. Yeah. The Patriots have got it right. They got their own plane. See, that's how you do it. You avoid all these issues. Yes. (laughs) Yes, when you want your deflated balls there in time, you take your own plane. (laughs) Shots fired. Sorry, had to. It was too easy. It was there for you. (laughs) Baltimore Ravens quarterback, our boy Lamar Jackson, made history on Sunday, becoming the second quarterback to rush for at least 1,000 yards in a single season. Who was the other one, Murph? Michael Vick. Yeah, I should have guessed that. I I didn't have any name on the tip of my tongue, so I thought I'd ask. So I think Lamar Jackson needs, I think it's 21 or 22 rushing yards on Sunday to, uh, uh, sorry, from tomorrow night, Thursday night, to eclipse and beat uh, the single season record for yards rushed by a quarterback in a season. Well, I imagine, God forbid, barring injury, that one's in the bag, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. 
I don't know what his average rushing is for the season every game so far because he didn't. I mean, first didn't his first game he have three or four or five yards, something ridiculously low like that as well. Uh, I can't remember, but it'd be pretty easy maths to do, right? They've done thirteen games and he's done a thousand, say a thousand forty. It's about that sort of mark. Um, so he's done eighty yards a game on average. Give or take a yard here or there. Yeah, I, if I, I bet, if you look it up, I bet his first game was single figures as well. So that increases it by, yeah, nice. Well done, Lamar. Good luck Thursday. See me through. <laughs> so the Panthers have signed linebacker Shaq Thompson to a four-year contract extension. The deal is for four years, like I just said, fifty-four point two million with a max value of fifty-seven million dollars, according to NFL.com. Well, yeah, I mean, getting paid, eh? Yeah. He's a good player. I've got, got no issue with that. Strange that you would sign him without a head coach, but well, it's a good move. He's a great player. Maybe they've got a head coach already locked up, but don't want to announce it to the end of the season and they're starting to make deals already. And that could happen. You, you never know in the NFL. Yep. The Indianapolis Colts tight end Jack Doyle has agreed a three-year extension. The team has announced Doyle's extension is worth more than $21 million in new money, according to Ian Rappaport. That's, considering they've got Eric Ebron, that's a lot of money. Yeah, I was, I was thinking that myself. I was thinking, like, strange to have locked up a tight end when he wasn't even the starting tight end at the start of the season. But hey, you know, he had a good two weeks there, and he earned his money. Fair play, Jack. Well done, sir. Right, Murph. Without, we're not heading to the streets. Oh no, we are heading to Matt Nagy's obvious corner. After Thursday's win versus Dallas, Nagy came out and said, probably three to four or five weeks ago, somewhere in that range where you really started to feel, okay, we're moving the ball, Nagy said. We felt it against the Chargers when the Bears ran 38 times. We just weren't good in the red zone, right? But we felt like, okay, we're moving the ball. That we were limiting three and outs. And ever since then, it's just a great, confidence among the teammates they're feeling it we're feeling it and i think it's reflected in the game <laughs> i couldn't help myself he just is every week it's absolute gold absolute gold it's all just direct quotes i mean like matt Nagy. i mean he's a great play caller and i love him really but wow i mean like what is that as a statement <laughs> yeah i mean i hope i did it justice <laughs> i mean i think you did uh, unbelievable like yeah, basically, we're, we're moving the ball all right. We're limiting three and outs. And yeah, there's great confidence. And it's reflect. I think it's reflecting in our game. <laughs> yeah, the fact you've won the last three games would probably suggest that, Matthew. <laughs> all right. Tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be obvious. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's just, I sort of started this as a joke, thinking like, there's no way this material will keep up. And just every week, it's gold. Absolute should I, gold. Should I tell you what we should do, Murph? Well, we should make this into a T-shirt. We should cover it in Matt Nagy quotes. <laughs> Lee, I know you're listening, mate. If you could start designing that, I would be much appreciative. <laughs> uh. <laughs> right, Murph, how's your voice doing? Have you got? Do you want to do start sits, or shall we leave them for your follow-up pods? That's. I think that's. How about I cover them very quickly and just say who to start sit and then we'll leave the follow-up parts to kind of explain as to why okay so it's like a little tease all right we like them teases yeah so um <clears throat> starts this week i've got Jameis winston versus the detroit lions the cannons. um believe it or not Jameis winston is actually the qb5 on the year <laughs> and now he's only got one thumb 
And now, yeah, it's he's fine to play. By the way, there's been a breaking news alert that Mike Evans is out for the year, which is funny because I knew that two days ago. Um, but apparently it's just been released on NFL.com that he's out for the year. Fine. Um, so, so she just come out. I was like, okay, it's just like a time warp. Well, um, Adam Thielen's going to play it this week again as well. Anyway, oh, yeah, I've heard that every week for the last four weeks. How's no, that? I, I just had a rotor baller announcement. Well, <laughs> I'll wait until he suits up before I decide to put him in the lineup. Well, um, playing him anyway. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But anyway, James Winston against Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions is just absolutely terrible. They're in the middle of a six-game losing streak. Um, you know, they've got a quarterback who's not very good. Um, they've got Marvin Jones who's just gone to IR. They, they've got TJ Hawkinson who's just gone to IR. Uh, Kerryon Johnson is on IR. They've got no run game that they wouldn't even be able to use against the Buccaneers. It's just, yeah, I mean, it should be a great day for Winston. He should, you know, he's probably going to throw some picks, but if he's going to throw for 460 yards and four TDs, does it even really matter? Um, I tell you, though, in our home league, Murph, it does not matter because he scored 45 points. That's ridiculous. I know. 45 points. There was absolutely no way I was playing him over Lamar last week. Should have done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the amount of leagues I drafted both of them as well, it's quite mental. But I think you'll find at the start of the season, I put Winston in our... Uh, in the top five of my QB rankings to start the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I've got a lot of stick for that. And it, it kept saying, it's not about what you see on the field. It's just purely about the mathematics. And he, he is seven yards off leading the league in yards. He's two touchdowns off leading, leading the league in touchdowns. Um, yes. Okay. He's leading the league in interceptions, but it's just ridiculous he could be only the third person in history to lead all three segments um crazy and i think he will lead the league in yards because his schedule's cake and i think he'll potentially lead the league in touchdowns cool he's not far off lamar not far off at all he's not so we'll see what happens um he's tied with russell wilson as well and he's got a bit of a harder schedule um, the other start at quarterback is Baker Mayfield versus the Arizona Cardinals. They're another team in the middle of a six-game skid. Um, they're really they're just not a good team at the moment, Arizona Cardinals. In fact, I was looking through, right, and I was thinking about who, if I had an Arizona Cardinals player on my roster for fantasy football, who would I start this week against the Browns? And I came up with one name as a flex, and that was it. And that was Kenyon Drake as a flex play. Wow. I can't think. Of, I can't think of any other Arizona Cardinal I want to play. But um, Kyler Murray, he's not looked good. He's bit banged up. He's not running as much. He's someone. He's in the QB low end QB two conversation this week against that that Browns defense. I can think of better options. Fitz, for example. Um, I, I, Kirk is going to get taken out by by Ward. Um, Fitz. Not really doing it. Uh, DJ, he scored the most irrelevant fantasy touchdown of all time on Sunday, where he scored, but didn't mean anything because um, hardly anyone is starting him. Edmonds is just in the way. He doesn't do anything. Just in the way. Get out of the way, son. <laughs> I mean, Char- Charles Clay scored a touchdown on, on the weekend, but again, that's his first touchdown of the season. It's the first touchdown that's been thrown to a tight end for Arizona all season. It's the first time I've heard his name all season. Well, there you go. So, like, who who are you who are you realistically taking from the Arizona Cardinals? Bring in line. Can can you Drake at running back as a flex because there's hardly any running backs left. 
Very true. Talking of running backs, um, uh, for this next one. Yeah, Raheem Oster, he's, uh, he seems to have come out as the one um, in San Francisco in the last couple of weeks. And so he, um, I fancy him to get the start um, and to get the most production uh, versus the Falcons, who again are just really bad on, on defense. They kind of had a couple of weeks where they pretended to be good. Um, and then they met the Buccaneers and ever since they lost to them, they've been pretty terrible. So he is someone that um, if you own him, you you need to be starting him this week. There is that volatility with with Shanahan that he could go back to Coleman, he could go to Breda, um, but you play the hot hand, and you you have to ride Moster if you've got him. A lot of people didn't play him last week, and if you didn't, you know it's understandable with the process. And as a result, I think you need to fire him up this weekend for the same process reasons. Yeah, absolutely. And then the second one's Patrick Laird versus the New York Giants. I love this more as a PPR play um but the giants are terrible um on defense they're not great on offense um i think miami really have an opportunity to pick up a, a w here and patrick led was on the field a lot i think it was 83 percent of snaps um doing that from memory I don't have it in front of me so um it might be slightly off with that and apologies if i am um i just like patrick led is uh catching with the, they're not great on the ground um and i know they didn't score a touchdown miami on the weekend but there's a big difference between playing the Jets and the Giants. Um, one defense is good, the other isn't. And I think Laird is someone who could potentially find the end zone, but especially in PPR, he's going to get, especially with no um, Devontae Parker and with no Albert Wilson, there's very little options to who to throw the ball to. So I can see Patrick Laird getting a lot of work on, on Sunday. And again, in PPR, I really like this as a play. Nice. And then wide receivers, you've got Tyler Lockett versus the Panthers and Debo Samuel versus the Falcons. Yeah, so I, I, Tyler Lockett's been pretty bad the last couple of weeks. And um, do you know what you need when you're um, really bad? You need to play a team that haven't got a head coach who just shipped 40 points to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Tyler Lockett and uh, uh, DK Metcalf, for me, are, are both reasonable plays. I think um, now that... Seattle have lost the the number one seed, um, but are still in the race for it. I think this is a game they they need to make a statement um, and to get things going. They've been a bit off the boil the last couple of weeks, and I can see them targeting Tyler Lockett more. I can see them targeting TK Metcalf more, and I think this could be a good day. So I know people are a bit resistant to put Tyler Lockett in them in their um, teams after the last couple of weeks. If you've still got him and you're still alive. Um, but I think this is a game you have to look at it and say, if you're not going to play Tyler Lockett this week, why have you even got him on your roster? Because this is a good matchup. Uh, Debo Samuel against the Falcons. Um, Samuel has been relatively consistent. Um, the two headline makers from uh, Sunday were Raheem Mostert and Emmanuel Sanders. But uh, Debo Samuel seems to be the most consistent in terms of targets, in terms of snap share. And he's proving to be a very good outlet. Um, the Falcons aren't amazing on um, on on defense, um, and they've had some injuries there. So I, I really like this matchup for uh, Debo to potentially exploit and to have a good game, find the end zone. I'm not predicting necessarily a hundred yard game, but the PPR I can see him getting like seven for eighty six and a and a touchdown. That's the kind of line I'd expect from from Debo Samuel. So definitely sort of. Uh, Low end Q wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three, flex kind of territory for me this week. 
Nice. Right, Murph, I'm going to run through the six quick. You give that voice of yours a little rest before we hit the streets. <laughs> I appreciate you. Can you are welcome. Right, sits this week at quarterback. We've got Mitch Trubisky versus the Green Bay Packers and Carson Wentz versus the Washington. I sit. Interesting. Carson Wentz versus the Washington Redskins. You have to wait for the follow-on pod to find out why. At running back, we've got Bo Scarborough versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You haven't got to wait for the follow-on podcast for that. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are absolutely mustard against running backs. And Detroit are terrible. Bo Scarborough is not going to get much work. And the work he does get, the Bucs will shut him down. And then Devonta Freeman versus the San Francisco 49ers. Wide receiver is Robbie Anderson against the Baltimore Ravens. And John Brown versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. I mean, I know you're a bit surprised with the Carson Wentz. Um I'll go for it very quickly. There's two schools of thought. One, the Washington Redskins defense isn't as bad as uh, people seem to make out it is. Um, they're not getting shellacked every week. You know, that Packers team should have really lost on, on Sunday. And that's maybe more of a testament to how bad Green Bay are over necessarily how um, how good the defense was for the Redskins. But they're, they're competitive-ish. They're not set the world alight they're not going to win a lot of games but they're they're kind of one of those scrappy dogfight teams teams aren't putting 40 45 points on them on a regular basis uh yes lamar can do it and yes very special talents uh, are doing that but average teams aren't putting them away easily and what you have to look at philadelphia right now with a losing record is that they are average or below average um, they're not a great team and Carson Wentz, as we've already talked about, doesn't have any weapons. They're talking about throwing Josh McCown out there. So <laughs> who, who, who's he got to throw the ball? If you're the Redskins, it's a pretty simple way to – they can't even play 11 personnel because they haven't got enough wide receivers on the roster to line up three wide. Like, that's how bad it is. So who is Carson Wentz going to throw the ball to? Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard. I mean, if you're smart, you'll, you'll cover Ertz and you'll make – Wentz throw to J.J. Arcega-Whiteside with his handful of catches in the NFL and Nelson Aguilar, who drops more balls than I've had hot dinners in the last week. And, I mean, that's not a lot, considering I've not been 100%, but that's still <laughs> more than it should be. So that's why I don't like Wentz this week. People will look at that and go, cake matchup, cake matchup. It's not, it's a trap. There's better options. Just stay away from Wentz. You learned your lesson Monday. You got away with it. He was pretty poor against the Giants for 40 minutes of that game. And then it just so happens, you know, there were there were people who just got lucky with it going to overtime and him scoring the touchdown to win the game. Just stay away from it. You've had your warning. Just just bench him. Just go and get Ryan Fitzpatrick. Go and get go and get anybody. There's there's got to be a ton of players on the waiver wire you could get over over Carson Wentz this week. So that's that's why. Um everybody else should be pretty explanatory due to matchups and uh, players not being quite as good as, as they should be. And John Brown, just he's really been off the boil in the last three games. He's had less than 40 yards in his last three games. And uh, it was only one of those against Denver. He got he scored a garbage time touchdown that didn't matter. And against um, the uh, Thanksgiving game, the Cowboys, he threw a touchdown and that kind of saved his day. But he did nothing in receptions. He did nothing again on Sunday. And you're playing a pretty mean Steelers defense that lead the league in sacks and interceptions. Fair enough. 
wait for the takeaway look ahead pods i should say sorry not takeaways look ahead we've already taken away let's look ahead mm-hmm. murph will break down these guys a little bit more later on in the week right big man let's hit the streets and get you to bed because you sound like you need the rest <laughs> I'm, I'm all right honestly um but i'll whittle through these so i i picked out some stats i thought were interesting i've left a couple of kicker ones to the end because why not i love kickers um but i'll start with george kittle so according to uh at EJ, EDJ Sports is uh, handle Kittle's 39 yard reception plus the face marks penalty resulted in a 69.3% increase in game winning chance for the 49ers on Sunday. So, if you don't know what that means, basically the probability of a team winning the game. So, when New Orleans scored, they had a very high percentage of winning the game. But because that 39-yard reception plus the 15-yard penalty, it swung 69.3% the other way in favor of um, San Francisco to win the game because it put them in field goal range with Robbie Gold kicking. So they went from being, I think it was like a 10% chance of winning to like an 80% chance of winning at that stage. Now, it's the second most impactful non-kicking play since the start of last season behind only the Miami miracle. So what that means is if you take out all kicking plays, so things like field goals, which changed it from, say, like 10% chance of winning to a 99% chance of winning. The Miami miracle was one where, obviously, the Patriots had a 99% chance of winning, and then they scored, and the Miami team scored that miracle touchdown to to win the game. So this was the second biggest jump in win percentage. Uh, I just thought that was kind of neat. I know I had to explain that a little bit, so I probably took the shine off it. No, no, um, I, I was going to ask you to explain it. So for me, the shine was perfectly placed. Cool. Um, yeah, so just a massive increase because of one play, how it really took it out of the hands of New Orleans and put it in, in the hands of, of San Francisco. Um, Tyler Higby is the first Rams tight end to have 100-plus receiving yards in consecutive games in the Super Bowl era. That one's for you, Nick, um, because you're new to the staff. I thought I'd have a Rams uh, stat in there for you. And in fact, just because I really liked your column, I put a second one in here, which is Jared Goff's pick six on Sunday Night Football was the first since week 14 of 2016, which was his rookie season. That broke a streak of 1,610 pass attempts without a pick six for Goff, which I found absolutely shocking, given how many interceptions he throws. Mm, that That is bewildering yeah um i just got a breaking news alert that wasn't even breaking news it's quite funny it's not <laughs> to do with nfl so i'll leave it um it was to do with arsenal um the 49ers and saints combined for 94 points um this is the most combined points in a matchup of teams with at least 10 wins in nfl history the previous record was 86 in the packers 45 41 win over the lions in week 17 2011 um, and then to sign off with some kickers, Chase McLaughlin is the first Colts player not named Adam Vinatieri to make a field goal since Matt Stover in week 13, 2009 versus the Titans. That's 10 years. No wonder he's grey. <laughs> <laughs> so I can tell you what I was doing 10 years ago. Yeah, 10 years ago, I was 23 and I've got absolutely no idea. I was probably working. I was probably running a pub or doing a poker night or something. Um, and I mentioned Brett Maher, so I have to end the streets with Brett Maher. Um, on Sunday night, he missed his 10th field goal in 2019, which is more than any kicker in a single season 
in the last four years. Don't forget there's still three weeks to go, but he has been cut, so that's probably going to limit how many more he's going to miss. That's a lot. Ten field goals is an awful lot. Yeah, and they weren't like all 50 yarders. I mean, what was ironic is he was better from 50 than he was from like 42. Like he, I think he hit three 60-yard field goals in a row this season as well. It's a really crazy season he's had. Like he hit three, yeah, I think he hit three 60-yarders in a row in like two games or three games or something. And then he missed 10 field goals that were 50 or less. I think he might have missed like a 53 in there or something. But uh, yeah, he just got the yips. And it's a confidence thing kicking. And like once you once you miss a few, you just you don't back yourself anymore. And if you don't back yourself, that's that's the end of it, pure and simple. So um, yeah, that's the end of Britt Maher's um, career. It, it's, it's funny as well because they cut Dan Bailey, who is now absolutely storming it in Minnesota. And they cut him for Brett Maher, who was the next best thing. And now they've moved on to Kai. Good luck with that one. I can't, yeah. you know, I'm just looking back at this Jared Goff one. I cannot believe that. I know, it's shocking. Given the amount of interceptions, we've talked about how many turnovers he makes. Yeah. In fact, he's not thrown a pick six for 1,610 bus attempts. I, I genuinely, when I heard that, I thought that was a mistake. And it's not. I was shocked. I, I would be interested to see where Jared Goff's, you know, um, next-gen stats do that thing where it shows you completions and stuff like that along the field. Um, I'd be interested to see how far down the field Jared Goff's interceptions are because it wouldn't surprise me if more of them are further down the field than closer to the line of scrimmage because obviously closer to the line of scrimmage means an easier pick six because you've got less men to beat. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Well, I mean, he's only thrown... Oh, what, where all of his interceptions are? Yeah, because obviously, you know, that's a lot of interceptions without a pick six. I'll be honest. The amount of interceptions he throws, similar to Jameis Winston, that would be somebody's full-time job just to sit there and watch how many interceptions they throw and where to plot them on a graph. Mm, That would be a fun-looking graph. (laughs) (laughs) I I will have a look. I will see if I can pull something up on that i don't know if next gen stats is going to have that per se but i will have a look and see what they have on interceptions so i might just look at interceptions in general and just see if they can if i can look at say how far these pass plays are and, and do a bit of digging yeah fair play fair play right rush nation murph and i are gonna get out of here we're gonna drop the mic and hit the road murph's gonna be in your ear holes a little bit later on in the week i say a little bit later on the week it's hump day man we're into thursday nearly already i know i've got a christmas party tomorrow um oh off anywhere nice we're doing so the company have decided to do three different events that you could sign up for um so can you you do all three no you can only do one um uh so basically 40% of the company um, are doing cocktail making. Sorry, 45% of the company are doing cocktail making. 45% of the company are doing go-karting. And then I'm in the 10% that's doing the escape room. Oh, nice. Where's that? Yeah. Uh, it's near Bank. Have you done one before? I've never done one before. They're so that's really, why I picked really it. good fun. Yeah, so I'm quite looking forward to it. So I'm in a small group of like six, um, which is going to be interesting. So I'm looking forward to it. And then... It's going to be dinner and drinks at the Sky Garden. Oh, dreamy. It's hey. nice up there. I like it up there. Yeah. Uh, I won't be drinking as much due to recent health, but I will definitely sample and have a few and uh, nibbles and bibbles and uh, yeah, just enjoy the evening with my 
colleagues and friends and management and whatnot. Perfect. Well, you enjoy the Sky Garden, Murph. Rush Nation, this is the last time you'll hear from me. Good luck this weekend if you made it Why? to the Why? Where are you going after that? <laughs> well, I meant this <laughs> week. Oh, I'll be right. back next week. I mean, this isn't me signing off like Brett Mayer. Sayonara. Oh, I, I was like, I was like, what's going to happen? Like, it's Championship Week next week. Yeah, I know. Hopefully I'll make a couple. But, Rush Nation, we hope you make the final after semi-finals this weekend. Enjoy, or try and enjoy fantasy football. I find it incredibly stressful in these last few weeks because I desperately want to get to the big dance. But you can't make them all. So if you can get to some, good for you. Well, we're still alive in a few we took a hit this week and a few we got eliminated from the Scottish Bowl due to one me dropping Moster at the last minute or so. And then um, also the fact that the guy in 19th had Darius Slayton and jumped all the way up to seventh and we were on the bubble and got eliminated, which is a shame. But I think in all truth, we would have been eliminated this week. Regardless, uh, I'm going to set the team anyway and just make myself feel better that we would have been eliminated this week. And I'll be like, okay, fine. We just went a week early. Um, but yes, we still have, uh, I still have 19 chances to bag a title. <laughs> Is that including our joint teams? That's including our joint teams. We have 10 joint teams that are in the semifinals. We do have one team lost, uh, Evans, Chark and Marvin Jones this week. We, we can still win it. <laughs> I mean, if we win that matchup after losing those three, we should just be like crowded. Yeah. Right. Let's try and win one. Let's try and win them all. Rush Nation, we hope you can get there too. Murph's going to be in your ears, like I said later on, with the look forward pods. But until next week from me, until later on in the week from Murph, as always, don't forget, keep rushing. can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.